you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. I honestly don't even think that Gorsese reaches that level anymore. Not not that it's a level of quality. It's like, but he comes out with stuff like Hugo, which fucking I skipped that. Then he's coming out with this Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I'm not sure how interested I, I am in that. Mike. You know, the thing about my stepfather was he was a cold man, not really the hug type or like, I don't know, not even like the empathetic type at all. I wouldn't, I can never remember a time where he was like, I'm there for you. That never fucking happened. And I spent all my formative years from like 10 years old to through high school with this fucking guy. So that was unfortunate. And Scott. It's great. And it's also really disconcerting that like nothing has changed about these fucking roller coasters mm. also what's a little unnerving is how these fucking things just go down all the time it's just like oh uh, it's not it's not running now something's wrong with the millennium force like it's not fucking running and you're like what everything is on the table today on the is it safe talk show nothing is out of bounds we don't censor anything you can count on us here at the is it safe talk show is it safe pod at gmail.com You'd like to send us an email, share your thoughts on, you know, was 9-11 an inside job? Uh, do you Always think that, yeah, that's a classic. Do you think that Alex Jones is a good person? Uh, do you feel that Joe Biden's your friend and he's here to help you? Let us know. We'd like to get your uh, thoughts. And, you know, if you can convince us on any of this stuff, well, more power to you. But I feel like that's not likely. If you've read the show, the- we're just here to talk about stuff. <laughs> If you've read the entire 9-11 commission report, email us. I'd like to see what you have to say. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, yeah I would 50, like to hear from those people as well. 1,500 pages of just fucking drudgery. <laughs> Actually, I think it's like 7,000 oh. pages, isn't it? Isn't it like a... Isn't it like a... It's, it's the kind of stack of papers that needs like cable put down through the uh through like the punch holes like like rebar to like yeah <laughs> exactly. oh wow well Mike, did you get uh, that, you know, let's get you it out of the way drop? did you get that drop that i texted you i didn't see a text i have no idea what you're talking about i'm sorry it's from uh it's out. from the crow i feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook yeah i uh I totally I missed that, that one. Did you guys have a conversation well, that just kind of came and went? No, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, when I these texts read, you know, sometimes people say stuff and I saw stuff about, let's see. Oh, we, oh, we got to go talk about, we got to talk about Biden's big day. I know Luke wants to talk about that. Uh, I didn't even know. Hey, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out over being unemployed, man. Luke, that's a quote from Luke. So uh, <laughs> I'm still on vacay, boys. That's from John. Well, we John said, was on vacay. We said- we said everything's on the table, but not really. You just don't read read the text messages. <laughs> Dude, that's actually, I have a meeting I, today. I actually, I go through our te- if I you're like on our that. text thread, read through some. I actually kind of dig that. As yeah, long go as ahead. Mike, if we sub, I can do today at 2 p.m. Hey, yeah, I can do Thursday <laughs> or Friday, says John Scott. This is a conversation that happens. John Scott, what time is your game tomorrow? Luke's checking in on softball for John Scott. This is, uh, in, in, this is how the meatballs are made right here. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I could do 3 p.m. if we want. <laughs> I have a meeting that I can cancel. It's not that important. Mike, what do you think? I'm good to go literally whenever you guys are ready from here on out. Is this to, entertaining? Uh, I would love to no, actually yeah, count the number. Let's count the number of Mike texts uh, compared to the volume of the rest of the texts. Mike will duck out for <laughs> three days while we're well, trying Mike to figure out so the right know, time to do it. 
when Mike wakes up at three fifteen p.m. again, you know we all we know that, and then I like I yep. kind of dig it. He just says, "Yep, okay, yeah," and that's and <laughs> that's totally fine. I like the lean, you know. I like your lean prose on text. Yeah. It's it's real nice. Thank you, John. I, I appreciate that support. Listen to this. This was Tuesday, nine thirty-two a.m. So Luke was already up and at him. John Scott, what time is your game tomorrow? I respond, "Yeah." What is the story? Thursday sub. <laughs> what does that even mean? Thursday sub? Oh, that's because John Scott was gonna be coming back from his vacay. Sorry, we can't were... just keep we can't just keep reading text. This is gonna get this is, well, this is exciting. Right, let's finish this off. Shit out of me. This, John so... Scott says, Yeah, I can do Thursday or Friday, or you guys could just sub me out. My life is about to get real. Hashtag work. That's right. John Scott uses hashtags oh. in his actual text or text message. No, that's but you not can't click on reference. That's not entirely accurate. He doesn't like you don't like that? That's, well, I'm just it's totally it accurate. It's coming directly out of the text message thread. This is <laughs> it's not like one of my it's, it's not like a, my modus operandi, you know. I'm just uh, I have to fucking Maybe you had a uh, maybe you had yeah. too many cores or something. Cores. Like he's signing I'll tell you this. every text with like a hashtag. <laughs> the hashtag? That would be funny. You guys go, if people you guys didn't know that about me. him. <laughs> you guys hungry? You want to get some uh, you want to get some food? Hashtag #barbecue. Hashtag #sure. <laughs> Hashtag finger licking good. <laughs> hashtag what time do you want to meet? And then it's uh, he said know. after the hashtag work, it's I said, what? Sub you out permanently? No way. I freaked out for a second. I thought he wanted to be subbed out because he had to work now. And it really scared me because John is an invaluable member of the show. And he said, no, not perm. Didn't even say full permanent. No, not perm. <laughs> I was on vacation. That's cool lingo. Yeah, he was on. And then I say, okay, I'll get on this. And that's it. But Luke definitely writes the longer text usually because if you, Luke's are just more, he's such a prolific writer, you know, it's just what he likes to do. So anyways, that's what happens in the text thread. But, you know, the Joe Biden news of relieving $10,000 up man. to 20000 if you had Pell Grants, which uh, I had Pell Grants. Does that mean I can get up to 20 grand off? Dude, I just, I just got a new Lincoln Navigator and it says riding with Biden on the back. <laughs> victory lap certified that's funny riding with Biden. Hey, good for you man yeah that 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 just alleviated all of my stress uh hence our depression discussion earlier so yeah it's yeah. all good i mean luke's in a rough spot here luke's he's had a tough week so everybody be kind to luke give him your love send him an email oh, let him know stop. how much you appreciate his work on the show stop it. oh now you want to be proud you were just trying to defend the rights of no, the people who have no, clinical depression, you, and now uh, you want to minimize it? Oh, man. You are the... Oh, you're amazing. You're so good at this. <laughs> you are, what? Come on, go. Me, you should spar. work in politics. You know what? You shouldn't just work in politics. You should literally work for InfoWars. Or uh, you should be like Tucker Carlson's <laughs> like, uh, like color Oh, my God. You would be so good, good God, at it. man. I think you're better uh, that, at uh, poking at me than you are at anyone else. Well, that's well, because no, you, you just... guys, you know, and again, let me let me interject here real quick. And wow, dude. For all of our very smart, all of our new listeners, you know, Mike and Luke have a very have known each other for fucking ever, which is what? 30, 35 plus, years, 35 years, dude. You know, we're not just 50. short. Good God, it's just dude. A small 35 year time time frame. But you no, guys okay. are good. You got a lot of inside shit. I, lo I love the banter and I actually really like being on the sideline when you guys bicker. So <laughs> I'm going to step back and, and I'm going to let you guys throw a couple throw a couple well, barbs. 
Well, here's here's what was happening. We were talking about uh, depression. Mike says everyone's depressed. And I said, well, not everyone. And he says, yes, everyone's depressed. This is the way it is in America. And he's the American correct. way. Yeah, he is. Yes, the American way. And I was this over is the top. totally it was correct. It's totally correct. But I was like, well, not everybody is this depressed or depressed in a particular way. And that was basically all relative. Left off. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right it's all relative and then i said do you not believe in psychiatry and then that's when we started the show <laughs> we literally uh, yeah. started, started the show like one second after that and john scott also said is anything out of bounds and we're like no oh yeah yeah that bounds. was yeah that was the last so. comment any hooser uh <laughs> i but yeah i've got a, back I've to the rough student week, loan thing. but i don't i i've had a rough week but i don't want uh people to pity me for any particular reason i'm still looking for See, this job. is the line I you don't got, walk well this is the line you got to work on improving okay because you're going to be super hard line. on yourself you're going to be super hard on yourself you're going to defend yourself but then you're going to completely let the world collapse in on you without any type of appreciation for how difficult your times are you got to be able to accept that be like you know what i appreciate that people could be helpful and thanks guys you know i've had a tough week and i okay. don't need your pity but i do welcome your support and your acceptance of my situation and anybody who has something useful to say or tangible in any way, it's always appreciated. Well, that's all I do. All right, Michael, I do appreciate that. And I think, okay, I'll, I accept that perspective. That's true. And I yeah, don't think I, everyone's, I, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. And I can get with that because I identify with Luke and that I would rather just, you know, do the backstroke in a pool full of brown and just <laughs> and like everything is fine. And I, I don't need you, you know, like asking for help as a sign of weakness or some bullshit, it, which is stupid because I have friends that I love and then they know everything about me. We can talk about everything. But then, you know, when you're in a particularly vulnerable place, not to say, Luke, dude, this is just work related. So it's not like fucking Luke's like dying of fucking pancreatic cancer or some shit. We're just, yeah, no. you know, it's just uh accepting help i admit dude i'll i'll straight up admit it like you know i'm bad at that shit <laughs> and he, yeah so go um, ahead put on some old sad bastard music see if i care <laughs> it's it is a difficult it is a difficult thing to to grapple with just being willing to you know i know it's an old it's an old tired trope you know like uh, oh man can't accept help but I do still struggle with that all the time, you know, but I, I still lean on, I still lean on anybody that might be in my network for assistance when I can. I, I mean, I'll send out texts and be like, Hey, are you guys hired? Like I will, I will do that. I'll like, I, I'll go through my social media, like LinkedIn or whatever, and try to, um, you know, try to find anybody that can lend a hand for like a, for an opportunity. But, I still find it very difficult to do. I don't know. I don't know where that pride. It's like, I don't know where that pride comes from other than the fact that I feel like the, the small successes that I've had in my life, I had to fucking claw to get them. And I feel like in a way I was successful doing that, but you know, accepting help is, is always very difficult, but I'm not like a completely I'm not like a total hard ass about it. Mike, you know that I'm not like totally uh, hard headed. Well, well, there's always a bush. Have a nice cold bush, man. <laughs> Don't head bush, too man. far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. Tours, the banquet beer. 
I've, I've known, all, the all the way from Colorado. All the way from Colorado. All the way from Colorado. I've known men that have gotten waylaid in those mountains. Don't do that. But, but uh, th there's uh, also <laughs> also one other quick comment that you know I'll make here. You have failed. You know, so many people, so many people live with so so much itinerancy in general that you know me complaining about my job or whatever it feels a little disingenuous but basically yeah no, but you, you know, can't for, do that though see that's the life yeah. you can't live because you gotta, gotta live your life you can't live your life for everyone i had this whole thing about people who they take on the problems of society they leave their own problems hung out to dry because they feel like it's not important when you start to look at the macro environment and that's just you're just gonna true. leave yourself stuck in between never gaining any foothold into any type of resemblance of solace peace and comfort you just won't and it's the rest it's the wrestling match of being an american these days at least in this generation at this age you have to decide all right like our friend Corey. you know we all know Corey, and uh, i saw Corey the other day i've seen him a couple times and he's a friend i've known as long as i've known luke and he does pretty well and he lives in a nice part of the town around here but he's also very cognizant of all the you know, terrible shit that the city he lives in was built upon when it comes to all types of social limitations or restrictions on certain people from certain cultural backgrounds. And he has to make a decision like, you know what? I'm only got so much time on this planet. So am I going to try to like spend my time, dedicate myself to causes, to helping others the rest of my life? Or can I find a healthy balance where maybe I can chip in financially let other people do the dirty work or do i just say fuck it and let me just try to enjoy this brief time i have on this planet this is the yeah. wrestling match that occurs in the mind of a lot of people once and you the get answer to a is age. always in the middle and if you have the means to be able to donate it sucks that it comes down to money oftentimes but it kind of does it's like pick the organizations that are doing good work and you know the people you have relationships they're in the community they're helping the people that live in your community and give what you can and let those people do their job. I mean, I don't you think you want me to change. Fuck you. Residing on either end is, is the answer for a thinking person that actually cares about the well being of no. Well, the other part of that, Scott is and then you have your own individual traumas and issues that come from your childhood and you grow up and shit happens to you and that, so that's a whole another thing i didn't even mention in the fact that you're trying to wrestle with my role within society in this culture and how can i make a difference or how can i at least feel like you know i'm not ignoring the world before me is it my responsibility is it not and then when i look inward i've got all this other shit i have to deal with that seems totally inconsequential to the rest of world and it is to a lot of people people don't give a fuck about your problem my problems people don't give a fuck that uh you know that i eat too much or that i binge food they're like well, hey <laughs> no one's sitting around thinking about god we gotta stop this we really gotta do something about this mike gobier dude's really just eating himself to death he doesn't seem to want to stop we gotta Rock stand and roll out. mcdonald's hashtag, <laughs> he's eating himself to death we gotta start a gofundme asap we gotta get this guy some help and that's our dedicated line now. that is bullshit so you know that that's all i think about a lot i think about that a lot and i turned 42 the other day i had my birthday and i i was sitting there thinking about that stuff in great detail and we watched uh contact this week for the cinema nine podcast which is actually oh, that's a good one 
It is a good one. That's you know, Zemeckis it is a, best movie. I would I would say either that or Flight. I think you know everyone knows Back to the Future, Ooh, but Flight is really flight good. Rips. I never yeah. did see. I never saw Flight. Oh, dude, you gotta yeah, move that one up. So, you gotta watch so that one ASAP. Bad. No, it dude, you're so, so wrong. You're so Are you wrong. serious? The one with yes. Denzel. Scott, yeah. help me out here. Oh. Yeah, it's I, good. Incur. Let me what? give you a little. I'll give you a wink and a nod on the side. What? You gotta watch that one, man. <laughs> Okay, well, no, that's awesome to hear. I just, I was so turned off by the entire story, like the whole thing, and the fact that it was yeah. directed by Zemeckis. I was like, it's not, not what it looks like. At all. The trailer totally misleads you. There's a lot more going on with that movie. So than is it I... like, is it more like Fear and Loathing with a pilot? Because that's what I hope nah. it is. Isn't he a drug addict? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got some he issues. doing a bunch of blow and like uh, making those long flights. Uh, that girl and, from the and league, he's an alcoholic. That girl from the league is uh, naked in the beginning of the movie. I gotta say, she's gorgeous. Yow. She just is. She's Woo! the one that plays what? the wife of the, uh, the ugly guy. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, he's got the head like a football. Nick Kroll's wife. Yeah. Uh, oh no, Nick Kroll. No, he's the other. Oh, her. She's the, yeah. the Spanish. She's the Latin, or, uh, Latin. I think it's called Latin X now. Latin X guys. Make sure. I thought she right, might have so. been Spanish, but I realized she's uh, from Mexico or something or Guatemala. Oopsie, she was in. He was fantastic in uh, My Name Is Earl. Mm. Never saw that show. I, people watched that. That was a big the show. Was Jason very Lee. Scientologist very Jason Lee. Yeah, I don't think he's really into it. Although he did name his kid. You don't want to believe banana it? shit. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> banana shit. You know, he he named his kids just some bananas fucking names. I don't like a uh, pilot, super pilot, something or other. What the hell are the kids' <laughs> names? Actually, that's apropos of this conversation. He named his kid pilot jumper or some. I don't know. Some kind of wild ass, some ridiculous fucking name. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, look. uh... What are you doing, Rafi? Oh, God. Since I left you guys, I was tracking the bear most of the night. Didn't get him. But I did find a big, fresh pile of shit that I thought I'd second harvest because it was full of Hershey kisses. Spoiler alert they weren't Hershey kisses. It was just more shit. I ate it all anyway, got sick to my tummy, puked, pooped, jerked off, and now I'm here with you, bros. What have you guys been up to? God damn. This is so absurd. So absurd. But Jason Manzukis is comedy treasure. That's funny stuff. Anyways, I played that because I, the reason I played that is because the girl who was married to Nick Kroll's character. I can't believe I'm spacing out his name. He's like the most people know him the most on that show, The League. Uh, fuck. I can't believe Wait, this. Nick Kroll? Yeah. You can't. You're spacing out on his character's name? Yeah, I'm really. I oh. watch the league a lot. You know, I like fantasy football, so I used to watch it back in uh, the day. Nick Kroll's character's name is. I'm not going to Google this. Uh, Ruxin, thank you, Jesus Christ, Ruxin. Yeah, I was not okay. going to get there. I was Man, a taco was, guy. That was my dude first. Oh, I love seasons. tacos. Great. Of course. Oh my god. We should <laughs> play. Uh, you know, that's a good call, John. Because we should play one of Taco's songs. He had a lot of great songs on that show. He was like the yeah. song guy. What's his, what's his real name? You know his name? Uh, no clue. Some hashtag somebody. <laughs> no clue. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, like, uh, John, please. His name's his name John is John something. John LaJoy. Yes, there you go. It's John something. He's He does seem like a the, Frenchie. He does seem like a Frenchie, but he's like a, he's, he does fun, goofy songs like he did on The League. That was, that was weird. The League is a weird show because you got... Fucking mumblecore master Mark Duplass playing on a a big yeah. time show about fantasy what the hell football. Is that? 
Like, he made his nut on that show so he could do whatever he wants the rest of his life because they did seven seasons of the league. A classic and, example of uh, I do one for me and then I do one for them, you know, but <laughs> one for them made him fucking gargantuan amounts of money. So he could just literally do whatever the fuck he wants for the rest of his life. <laughs> so, yeah, you got Nick Kroll, who had his own TV show. He's a pretty popular guy. I'm, Big Mouth is huge. You got John LaJoy with his songs. He's got some good comedy on YouTube. Then you got Duplass. We know Duplass. And then there's um, the bald That's guy who's on. Oh, Seth Rogen's a guest star. He's not a main character, though. But yeah, okay, wait. The Paul, bald guy's Paul name Sheet. is uh, Paul, Paul. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he, he was. He what's that? How uh, how this get made? How this got made? How did this yeah, get how, made? How did this yeah, get very made? Popular. Yeah, yeah. Him. He does it with uh, his wife. His real life wife is June Diane Raphael. So very popular. And you know who she not is. Just good, Google though. June Diane Raphael. You'll know her face right away. So trust me, guys. If you're out there, just Google June. Diane Raphael. What a funny thing is that Paul Paul Shear looks exactly, almost exactly, and not in a bald way, like this dude that <laughs> is in our actual football fantasy football league, which is funny. <laughs> really? Well, the exactly. league was based on a true story. That's the rumor. So, by the way, Shit. John Lejoy has 1.5 million subs on YouTube. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's an impressive number. It's an impressive <laughs> number for a guy who just did a dumb show. You know, uh, I wanted to play one of. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try this one. See how this one goes. This is one of John LaJoy's songs. From the makers of Rapist Glasses comes a new product that's sure to put the sex back into convicted sex criminal. Introducing pedophile beards. Pedophile beards give you that creepy sex face that women simply can't resist. Stop going unnoticed with your boring nice guy look and start scaring the shit out of people. Pedophile beards can be worn on their own or combined with our rapist glasses to create that rapist pedophile look that you've always wanted. Come by our store to check out some of our other products, like the Serial Killer Van, the Public Masturbator Trench Coat, the There's Gotta Be Something Wrong With That Guy hat, and our wide selection of pencil crayons. And remember... You don't have to be a convicted murderer slash public masturbating rapist pedophile to want to look like one. Sex criminal fashions, because the bad boy look is for pussies. <laughs> wow. Well, that was nice. Thanks, John. Whatever, motherfucker! <laughs> All right. You guys want to take a guess John at uh, Jason Lee? You want to take a guess at Jason Lee's kid's name? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Don't look I was it up. Like, you can't look it up. I was like Jackson. It's, it's oh. crazier than Jackson, right? It's literally Car seat headrest. It's pilot inspector. Oh, hopefully not like spelled. Like, I said full. it was pilot something. I said it was stupid and bananas and you didn't believe it was that crazy. But it's pilot <laughs> inspector. Pilot <laughs> inspector. Lee. Specter like a ghost man. I don't. I don't know. No, Inspector with a K. It's not even Inspector like a normal spelling. No. C. I mean, Specter like a ghost would be cool. How do you spell See, this fucker's name? Now, if it was just Pilot Specter, now that would be something. But it's Pilot uh, Inspector. Pilot, it's, it's too many know, cooks like in the, the like the German spelling of it or something. I don't. Too many cooks. Oh, but his it's funny that you said Spectre because his other kid's name is Casper. 
So the mm. idea that that is like, bullshit. Oddly enough, okay. you were like Spectre, like, oh, ghost. And then this other kid's name is Casper. You know, he's a ghost. So. Fuck you, dickhead. Kind of creepy. He's just going to name all of his kids there's like something after happened. a night. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus maybe, Christ. Maybe he's a fucking gonna name it. I don't know. <laughs> he's going to name his next kid, next kid like a sarcophagus or some shit. Like, no, just get real, <laughs> real dark with it. It's going to be Slimer. <laughs> She's proud of her pussy, her peach, her bearded clam is well-groomed Thinks that she's the real deal, all other pussies are cartoons Her vagina is a church and her clit is the steeple Her vulva's Ooh. one of Barbara Walters' most fascinating people She's got vaginal hubris, vaginal hubris Vaginal hubris, my god Is this in the league? Yeah, this is a song in the show? Yeah, they have these segments where he just like does a music video all of a sudden Totally abstract from the show very wordy very wordy wow that's amazing like does this i wonder if this holds up i wonder if this humor like holds up oh yeah. Yeah. Right up right now a little bit. Oh, this sounds funny. Yeah. I... No flight of the Concord. We'll just have to say that. Oh. I mean, those, that shit's time. Uh, some of the, I watched the league again like a year ago during the pandemic, and some of it's like, ooh, whoops. Whoa. Strong homophobia. A lot of strong homophobia, of course. So that is already mm. dated. But uh, mm. otherwise, uh, you know, by the way, the guy from the league. That is the most unknown of them, the guy that no one remembers his name. No, I who played I, Kevin I, with. I just literally watched him do like a uh, do a. Uh, this is not happening. That YouTube show where he tells a story. Everyone tells a story, and oh. it's a real story. Is it about the fact that he lied about nine eleven? I don't. I that was a big thing happened with that guy. Like he was on Howard Stern six years ago, and he said that like he was at nine eleven or something, and then it turned out to be totally bogus. What? Uh, I could look into that. Yeah, it was so it's a stupid thing. He's got some crazy ass that. weird Italian last name like Ben Asanameno or something. <laughs> it's got yeah, too many it's a, way too many syllables. I'm just going to Google the League 911 and see what comes up. First story is Steve Rana Zizi. Yeah, Steve Rana Zizi. R A N N A Z Z I S I. Wow. Steve Rana Zizi. Comedian who told of 9-11 escape, admits he lied. <laughs> oh, what? my God. Why would you A 9-11 escape. Holy it's shit. No what a dumbass. You know, he, 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 he wish they had his, his like, bankroll and uh, yes. would never lie about 9-11? Meanwhile, There's this no need. <laughs> Yeah, what is he doing? What is going on You're in the heads of these people? It's so Yeah, dumb. that's... A, that's a mental health fucking crater right there. I, I don't understand <laughs> what the hell that that is. I mean, is that like a, a validation thing? Is he QAnon? Is he what? So he just admitted this shit in 2015. <laughs> uh, let's see what this. He waited 15 show, years. To... Show. You've been on the wrap up show a million times and stuff. And I thank you for coming in because I know it ain't easy. Uh, I'm sure you're nervous. 
but uh, I, I thank you for coming in because I want to understand this mm-hmm. whole thing because, uh, you know, it, it, it does seem like I can't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve got into controversy when it came out. Did you did you out yourself or did uh, somebody bust you? The Times. The New York Times. Yeah. Yeah. New York Times figured this mm-hmm. out. Did you figure out how they figured out that you were lying about your experience during 9-11? Did you ever figure out how <laughs> no. they busted you? No, I don't. I, I, I don't know how they figured it out. I mean, there, there's videos out there, obviously. That's the, the, the sources they cited, but... To be honest with you, it was just it was a complete out of the blue situation. I got a phone so call bonkers. It had to be either a friend <laughs> or a family member knew you were making this story up about being in the twin towers when they came down. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only way a guy what? would even being in the twin towers when they came don't down. Think? Perhaps I don't know. I mean, I it's been you know fourteen years, obviously, and and so. You know, time is hey, memory's a little fuzzy. Out a little bit. You know, there were there were waves of the story in the beginning. Can't be hundred percent sure if I, I was I, in the I building said, or not. You know, and then and then I did some. I'm still dealing with the memory nine eleven. I can't be sure. I mean, it's very then, difficult for no me. But talked about it. I was like in said, a lot of buildings that time. For, I was in a ton of buildings in 2001. No one ever asked me in an interview about it. No one ever asked. You know, what if did you true? What is this guy's rationale? This is terrible. Do you ever say to yourself, "Why?" I mean, do you say like, "Are you aware why you lied about being in the twin?" Towers. Are you uh, aware of why you, you lied? Why. I, well, I, I'm becoming more aware as I, you know, right. as I speak to people. Because sometimes when you make up a story like this, the easy <laughs> answer is to say, well, I did it for some sort of attention or something. I'm <laughs> becoming I mean, more aware lie. of my own <laughs> lie. Like it's slowly unraveling. Oh, he told the fucking lie. Like that. What the fuck? I, I this is hilarious. This is some world class bullshit right here. This is Hall of Fame. Wow, this is Hall of Fame. George Costanza would be proud today. This is amazing. Not a lie. This is Costanza. This is Costanza ask bullshit. Trying to make it. Trying to just. It is. I am becoming more aware. Oh, Steve Rana Zizisi. You poor bastard. All right, well, that is wild. That is here, here it is just to, need, poli- <laughs> to polish it off uh, from Wiki. Ranazizi lied about working in the South Tower of WTC at Merrill Lynch on the 54th floor during September 11th. Described his experience escaping death. He said that the events in- inspired him to move to Los Angeles and pursue stand-up comedy. Then he was contacted by the <laughs> Times reporter. Ranazizi admitted his story was a lie. Ranazizi was never employed by Merrill Lynch, which did not have offices in the World Trade Center. Whoops. Would you guess Would you guess that Merrill Lynch would have offices there, though? If somebody's like, hey, do you think Merrill Lynch yeah, has offices in the World Trade Center? Course. I would say yes. <laughs> Oh, I for sure. The, yeah. The stand-up comedian population in L.A. growing by like 100,000 for all these like cowards who ran away from New York forever. Well, it, it inspired me to get into comedy. I just I saw those flaming towers and all the suffering and like all that white dust. And I was like, you know what? This this gives guy. me an idea. This gives me an I was idea. I was employed at Sterling Cooper at the time. And, uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to just go up to people because and say, I not. want to fit in. Good God. Knock, knock. Wow. I'll tell you what. How this... did the chicken cross the country and get to L.A.? How? Uh, the towers fell at 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, look, I think what happened here. Call 911. This is very obviously 
<laughs> that guy is out of his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. So Steve Renazissi tells this story what when he's a, what like coming up in comedy, right? This is how I see it. He's coming up in comedy. He tells this story for no reason to like other than create some notoriety because nobody could ever fact check this in like, I don't know, 2004 or five, right? Before the league goes. Did he think the tower fly. went down? He he planted yeah. the he planted the fucking charges and he was like, All right, no one's yeah. ever gonna be able to verify this. I am out That's clean. Right. Yeah. It would have been better if he said he was in building seven. That would have been juicier. Yeah, he that, could have invented right. any building and it still would have been a harrowing experience. But don't be that guy. One that went down. What a No way. I swear, that's what he did. He told the story around comedy circles as he, he was looks an up and coming like comedian. Guy that would lie about it, though. He does look like that guy. If you, you he's got you a weird hairline. If you look at his face, he looks like a sniveling dweeb who would lie about some <laughs> shit. <laughs> a sniveling cool. dweeb. Yes. In order to look cool. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's all he did. He told the story coming up in comedy circles, and then all of a sudden the league gets picked up as a TV show, and he becomes famous. It's like, oh, shit. I told the story a lot. I'm going to get fucked one day. And sure yeah. enough, yeah. Anybody who has a vendetta against him, even if it, it was way better if he got out in front of that and said, I've been telling this lie for years and uh, I never thought I would get caught. That would be yes. way, way better. No, what is America, Jack? Sitting there and being told that. That's that question. Well, he ended like, up being Howard a stand-up comic. Like, why he could have hidden behind this was just early. I was just workshopping early material. And I think that September 11th needs to be made fun of a little more. Like he that's a fine out. Yeah. He had a he had tons of outs. He had so many outs. If you're a comedian, yeah. you're basically just a you're a you're a paid bullshitter. <laughs> so you can get away with anything. Aim and stand-up comedy is stand-up comedy. We aim high and and wide in stand-up comedy, and you can kind of fucking get away with anything if you're just like I'm a stand-up comic. I made up a story about being uh, in, in the Twin Towers. Who gives a rat's ass? You're right. He if he would have... Yeah, better just, that shows you how he wasn't funny. He wasn't funny. That's why. Exactly. Yeah, you're not funny. You, you fuck yeah, you. Exactly. Step up. It, Step up <laughs> your game. Steve Anarzarzi. Renazizzi. Renazizzi. Kavatazizzi. He had a better he had a better out than fucking Brian Williams. And I was annoyed by Brian Williams for not being yeah. able to dodge that one better. Oh, Brian Williams just man. said I was I wanted to I was in the moment and I wanted to sound like I was way cooler than I really was. Uh but get we were grounded. Everybody else got to do the cool stuff and get in the helicopters and I didn't get to go and I was very mm -hmm. upset. And so I told everyone I went on the helicopter. You know, like that would be what that? what's the uh term for that uh something Fine. hero no there's like a term they came up with oh, uh, like valor. false oh stolen valor thank you that's right stolen valor yeah. that's all okay yeah Look. no exactly it's all stolen valor. you know i think about all the lies i told in my life when i was younger and the fact that i wasn't on camera or on the internet at all i'm very fortunate because boy i told some big whoppers when i was a kid Ooh. some big old stinkers some real just <laughs> But not like. But they were let's, usually, see, <laughs> let's see enumerate all of them right now. You ready? Here we go. One. All right, you I was seven one. years old. Now look, there's really, actually, I was. The only time I lied was to get out of trouble. That's it. I didn't tell like these people who tell these lies because they have to like make themselves look more grandiose. I wasn't. I have less mm, respect yeah. for them. If you try to lie to get out of a jam, that makes a lot more sense to me because you don't want to yeah. get caught. 
That's just survival. Out of a jam. That's survival. <laughs> yeah, get that's out right. Of, get out of a jam. Yeah, I'm in a tight spot here. I got to get out of this one. But uh, yeah, it was just, just lie. Like yeah, I spent the night at my friend's house. I wasn't there. Yeah, you know, come on. That's easy. That's stands a level lying for Resonizzi is really we actually, embarrassing. It's so all-timer. This is, wow, I'm so glad we brought that up because that was so funny to me. The way he was, the way he was just sitting there, like he wasn't there, like he was an automaton or everything was being radioed into an earpiece in his ear as he was speaking and he was just relaying the lines. It was, that was, I want to watch that whole thing later. That was a 40 minute clip. I only played the first couple of minutes of it. He's sitting there with Howard Stern for 40 minutes. Yeah. So check that out on YouTube, guys, if you want to see the whole thing. Steve. Renazizi, Renazizi. But one oh time we uh, told a lie about the worst lie you always tell when you're a kid that will always get busted is when you say you spend the night at someone else's house and then they tell their parents that you're spending the night at their house and then it'll just, it's a flimsy foundation and it all collapses rather quickly. One night, I remember something me. That worked and- <laughs> when, it's something that worked in the 60s before Halloween was made. And then at that point, hmm. it didn't work ever again. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, we got into, I got into a bad one, though. I remember... It was me and Liberty and Harvey and like all of our friends. We went out, we spent the night, and this is the period of time when we somehow had connected with all those girls. Like you had, uh, you know, you remember Beth and uh, Katie Holmes and all those. There was like these girls who were like very popular, but they were in a younger grade with us. So somehow we got to hang out with them. We didn't belong with them at, at all. Like it was just a weird, brief time. Well, that's and, uh, why you got to all, that's why everyone needs to lie because you are way yes. out of your league. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so you got to go with it. You got to do it. It doesn't yeah. matter what the consequences are. Yeah, Liberty had the Beamer. He had the van. So this giant Dodge Ram van, this thing is huge. It, you can fit like 15 people in that fucker. It's from 1978. Which, which happened, yeah. Which, happened. which, yeah. So it becomes a nighttime not just a place to take people around, but it becomes like a, a camping van. So you're like hanging out in these random spots out in the boonies or in rural areas. And you spend the night in this thing with, and it turns into a mobile party. And we all lied about each other's houses, Liberty, the Brandon, mine, Morgan, et cetera. We all lied. And then it came crashing down so badly that parents actually drove over to my house that morning. It was, that's the worst when someone else's parents come to your house and it's like 7:30 AM. It's like Ooh. Saturday morning, and they're pissed as fuck. They're like, you lied. You, you fucking, your kid's a liar. He's a fuck. I'm the scumbag. I'm the piece of shit, right? So that was that was a bad one. That didn't go very well at Honestly, all. If you're just like a, you can be like a teenage. Oh, you're just a teenage dirtbag. Like, why is anyone? Wow, freaking dude. Out? Oh God. <laughs> Are we doing TikTok freak- videos now? No, what? I don't Luke's know. quoting Weedus right now. Weedus. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Oh my God. Who's Weedus? You know uh, it's a song. The, Come on. That was the band. That, that was the band. Oh, that, I know the uh, song. I, that I'm penned a legendary teenage dribbick. How That's those? the name of the band? Weedus. Oh, yeah, man. I saw them open up for. Uh, I saw them in Pontiac like 73 years ago. They played with Zebrahead. Remember that fucking weird band? No, I no. didn't even know this band yeah. was called Weebus. Yeah. This is a one-hit wonder of early 2000s? Was it really like 2001? A, was it a wonder? Is it really yeah. a wonder? <laughs> it was a wonder well, why it was a hit. I yeah, brought up TikTok because it has a second life right now. A huge TikTok trend is to post all these pictures oh, yeah. of yourself with this teenage oh, dirtbag clip. Teenager. Uh, yeah. Is this, this is yeah, trending right now? That's easy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, this song man, is back. Easy. This is why I don't want anything to do with Although that's actually kind of rich. I used to make fun of this guy. 
Yeah, you should. This is somebody that should be. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. Scott's going back. He's taking himself back right now. Yeah, that's Teenage no, Dirtbag by Weedus. No, that's like, oh, yeah, that's crap. somebody whose head needs to be in a toilet while being hoisted up vertically by like two jocks on the football team. <laughs> wow, dude. Jesus Christ, man. Wow. Going hard. Luke's reliving his glory days? I did have a question, though. All, all this, like. Free living glory days. This tomfoolery that we all engaged in in high school and shit, and parents calling parents and parents driving over to parents' house and all that shit. How are these conflicts resolved today? I wonder. Like, mm. do kids, do do parents have of teenage think- children? Like, go? Do they like call the parents? They're like, "What's your kid doing? Like, what? Like, do they go over to the house? Do they? Uh, how do we resolve? Is it this, the same shit?" You bring you bring over a plate of cookies and say like, "Hey, listen, let's squash the beef between our children." Or like, I wonder. We don't know. We don't have kids, so I, I don't. How do we should probably all three of us have no clue. One, You're right. That's a good one for Corey to be on because he has a kid that's old yeah, enough yeah. to be deceiving him on a regular basis. I'd like to know what he thinks. Three of us don't that have be kids, actually, because yeah, I, think, I have no yeah. fucking. I don't gauge for this. It's a new I, world. I think. I think it's the just same, a permissive fest, a festival of permission. That's what I think it is. Here's the thing. So many permission. so many kids, it's like uh, you've got one, 50% of the kids or 30% of the kids are like euphoria psychos. And then the other 70% are like playing video games. I don't want any more kids rolling there's... around that bed tonight with a sick fucking hatred of me. I can't stand it. <laughs> There's a less than 1% group that's reading books and like up to no like trouble whatsoever. But, you know. I think it's just people saying, well, you know, they're kids. They didn't know any better. We don't want to be harsh. We want to be less, you know, strict than our parents were. We have new techniques and new ways to uh, help deal with these situations. That's how I really see it. I seriously do. Well, so, should should we, like, should we have an awkward segue into the Woodstock thing? Do we want to talk about that or no? When I finally got to Woodstock. Uh, yeah, we could definitely talk about the Woodstock I mean, 99 documentary, which like we did about talk raising about. Raising kids, you know. Kids Wait, I gotta, we, you know, I gotta play one have... more dumb song. When I hear Teenage Dirtbag, I think of this song. This is the last one I'm gonna play, but oh, let me try to guess this one. It's like, a... oh, fuck, I know the song. You oh, is do. this a? Is this some 41? No. Is this a? Um... It's a tougher one, but when the chorus comes in, you'll get it. It's just like, it's not the Atari's. Nope. No, okay. This is more pop. They like, they bit the Atari style, but big time. Wait, here it comes, I think. Is good, is this a... We're getting close to it. Here it comes. I'm going to come on my pants right Charlie? now. Here it comes. Oh, is it good Charlie? Yeah, good set. Two Star Nintendo! Been waiting, yeah, you're waiting for that line. That's I know. all I wanted oh, to hear. God. I don't yeah, give a fuck. I, don't, I would Nintendo, never, dude. I never would have guessed the name of the song. I never would have guessed the name of the band. I just remember I'd be at like a Target or something and I'd hear over the PA, <laughs> Two Stone Nintendo. Like, what the fuck is this? Wow, you're allowed to say Stone and Target. I like weed, I like Nintendo. Cool, anyways. Uh, that's American Reject. No. Oh. See, that's where I would have gone too. American Hi-Fi? 
Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> that is lost. I even remember that, that is, name. That's lost. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The stinkiest corner of uh, the rattiest basement in America. Yep. Flavor of the week. W e a k w e a k. Oh, this is 89X Detroit's Dude, new rock alternative. Is, <laughs> okay, that is the absolute perfect, absolutely perfect example of what was happening literally right, what was it, 99, 2000, 2001, something like that, where like that commodification of like punk became like, uh, like became completely oh, like corporeal. Yeah. Like it just, it became like the Bowling gravity of it. <laughs> yeah, the gravity of it became so fucking heavy i just feel bad because the only thing i remember about bowling for soup was they had a 400 pound guitar player yeah, yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. didn't see that you didn't see that in like a big time band very often so that, oh man yeah he oh, took the original God, that's so think, hilarious well did he like request a name like we're gonna be bowling for steak and he was like no 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 we gotta call it soup dude we gotta god we damn. can't we can't go like that crazy <laughs> Yeah, the largest member of punk bands, well, Bowling for Stupid probably wasn't punk, but the uh, guitar player in Lagwagon was like fucking eight feet tall. That dude he was. was yeah, Chris. Yeah, he's huge gigantic. dude. Yeah. This is Bowling for Soup. This is that period you're talking about, Luke. This is 2000. This is just hit the wall. Uh, just hit the wall. Never had it all. This is just post 9-11 alt, yeah. alt rock shit right here. Yeah, but it's it, they're trying to they're on the warp tour sometimes, so it seems like they're blending in with certain punk bands. They really were, they were in that grouping. Oddly enough, and that's how the promoters would do it, and that's why yeah, actually does make for a decent uh, segue into it does. Wood it style. absolutely does. I completely agree. We just got to hear the chorus, and we'll wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. What a good time. Thanks, Bowling for Soup. Thanks to that guy who broke down barriers. A 400-pound guitar player and a mainstream rock band. I'm really glad that that happened. Sorry, what about a 400-pound harmonica player? Okay, that's (laughs) already been done. Dude, see, that was already done, and he owns that shit. This is why you have to Google this guy, because John Popper was a larger man, but this guy for Bowling for Soup was, I mean... He blows John Popper out of the water. It's not even close, man. So that's Excuse why me? I got to give that. How he that really possible? took it. Just Google it. I swear this you're going to. Pull for our audience. John Popper <laughs> or the giant guy from Bowling for Soup? I hate Which to do never I'm totally ate, doing apparently. this. This guy never <laughs> ate. Guys, I just Googled <laughs> Bowling for Soup. And the, <laughs> you know what it says? The first uh, search query, query, that query that comes up is Bowling for Soup fat guy. I didn't even type that in. <laughs> I didn't type it in. Poor dude. What did they? What year would they have played the Warp Tour? I was just guessing. I looked up the Warp Tour 2001 lineup, and it's like Warp Tour 2001: AF5, Bouncing Souls, Dropkick Murphys, Living End, Pennywise, Rancid, Rollins Band. Fucking what? What? 2001? (laughs) This line of the Misfits. The, this is 2001 Warp Tour. Yeah, when would Bowling for Soup have played it? I, that was just my guess. Was it like oh, it was later? Like, oh, yeah, three, try. I think? I think like oh three oh four, a couple so years that's, later. Yeah, so that's when shit really fucking 
God, the world really did just fall apart after September 11th. Oh, my God. So on Facebook, there's something called the fat guy from Bowling for Soup. There's like a group. <laughs> this is so stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, look, I'm a fat guy. So anybody out there needs like validation that um, fat people talk about fat people. You know, it's like with black people talk about black people or Jews talk about Jews. We're just trying to make sure that we're fitting into the criteria. So this is okay, right? Sure. You tell me. <laughs> oh my god. You guys gotta you guys gotta Google some of these videos. You gotta stop with this bowling for soup shit. No Wait, I, just, I'm, 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 I can't even send... I can't even follow along. Uh there's no way gonna... anyone in the audience can follow along. I'm gonna send you this in the private chat, guys. I just got this screenshot. God, oh man, this is so funny. It's a guy from Bowling for Soup playing guitar and he's got crazy hair. He's got this look on his face. The thumbnail is just so stupid. I'm... God damn it! I'll just have to send you the webpage because I can't screen I, screenshots here. But anyways, all right, not, we'll get off this. Dude, I'll all stop. you gotta do, all you gotta do is Google. Just Google it because I did the same thing. I googled it while you were talking, and there's a bunch of hilarious uh, photos. <sighs> okay, so yes, okay. Woodstock '99, uh, the documentary on Netflix, not the HBO one. We said we would talk about this, and uh, opening thoughts. Uh, Luke, you know you're the. No offense, but here comes the offense. You're the least musical guy of the three of us. So how did you view this uh, documentary? Absolutely no offense at all. Uh, I watched it. I watched it purely as, a, you know, uh, like a, a critique a of capitalism. No, I just, I was, I, I was way more responsive to the, you know, the fact that this was, a, you know, a money grabbing effort, and every every single yeah, fucking corner. Every fucking corner that they could cut was fucking cut. Uh, people suffered for it. People died. Uh, and, you know, they were selling fucking bottles of water at $12 uh, three days into the concert or three days into the festival. Uh, that's capitalism at its finest, for real. And that's kind of how I watched it. I would have never gone to this show. I would have never in a million years gone to the show. And in fact, I would never in a million years go to another festival I've only been to a couple. I think they're miserable experiences in general. Mm -hmm. I don't think I this one, I assume this one was worse than all because it was on a fucking uh, decommissioned like a, Air Force. Decommissioned, state. yes. Uh, D With fucking black top yes. everywhere. A DAB, yes. Uh, we talked about that Not when good. the first awesome. one came out. It, yeah, it had to be excruciating uh that's the last place on earth i'd want to be so i couldn't care less about the music there but i am surprised that they didn't show any rage i then i realized Dude, that was like, yeah. oh they probably have no uh probably don't have the rights to use that footage yeah and rage doesn't want to be associated past, with this shit so they probably refuse to let that footage out i don't know how that works they were also minimized end. in the hbo doc though too so that's Strange. It's probably the same exact issues. Probably. Well, probably they were, there was live footage in the HBO one. This one, they were completely absent, and that's. Oh, is that right? you, Yeah, they were. They were I'm, totally absent. Yeah. I'm glad yes. you mentioned that because I was wondering the same thing. How that works? You know damn well if anyone reached out to Rage and were they were like, "Can we use any footage, any archival footage?" From your appearance at Woodstock '99, I'm sure they would have said "fuck you." Absolutely. You would think so. Oh, oh, okay. You would. Oh, the opposite. All right. This is a man's world. Yeah, I don't no, know. No, He's just reminding us of no, that. I'm... Every once in a while, we forget. It's a man's world at Woodstock '99, though. Is that true? 
It, it was, yeah, it was a man's world for me. I don't know. My, my capsule review was it like Luke, it, it just kind of leaned more into the capitalist, like the capitalism side and like them having no plan and just the footage of, you know, the meetings inside the meetings where they're basically all admitting that we, we need, we really need to make money on this fucking thing. Uh, we, I mean, the big thing here is we gotta, we gotta cash in on it. And then the sliding scale of concessions and the complete lack of security, you know, this is where, like you want security. peace patrol. Like you want yeah the peace patrol. Yeah, we're which were just ding dongs that got a yellow t you know highlighter yellow yellow t shirt that walked around and they were doing the same drugs and grabbing the you same. What the guy said he sold other he sold his he had multiple shirts in his backpack and he sold one of them for like four hundred bucks so someone could act like they were peace patrol. Uh, but that was I in the, know, this I, doc. I, that was wild. I don't think I got much more from this one. It seemed. I don't know if it was better or, By the numbers? or the same. As I, far think as, like, what was, I think what was great about it, hmm. in a sense, is that, or not great about it, I think it was just like a, it was a sobering thing that could have only really been uh, successful or even watchable after the HBO one had aired. Because I think you needed to see that HBO one and you needed to see that, that uh, completely like disingenuous, you know, angle on the, the kind of i mean using the wokeism and you know attacking this like group of people and not focusing on any of the like kind of administrative or bureaucratic things that like really were the backbone and the fucking foundation for how much of a misery this entire experience was i think this one would have been way more boring without having watched the first one i think needed that first that one as like smile of his it's like a salvo you know you needed that as like an opening salvo to to get into what was going on on the next one and like yeah to john to your point like they didn't have a plan but their one plan their one plan was to make money which means they erected a massive fucking fence with barbed wire made sure that nobody got in for free eventually people did get in for free that means people are like tearing apart the fence to such a degree like throwing their bodies against it ripping it apart spreading the fucking links so they can get in for free but Wait, they still had, ev they had everybody fries. literally fucking trapped in there everybody fucking trapped in there and then you know this is also a perfect fucking microcosm on how this entire country works and every little failed policy in the world they've got you know security is out is outsourced to a third party security like a private security company that has like literally no like they they are not, uh, you know, they, they're not like regulated in a way that is, is somehow, uh, sorry, Ocean's not mandatory. but you know, the, the, the food, all the, the food services, all that, that was another third party. They, and they were, they no, were talking about one of those meetings house. that they didn't have. They were like, well, we didn't know what they were charging for you know for water like we have no we have no responsibility over that there was the fucking porta johns that was another third party they had so many different like private contractors handling this separated services and then all of a sudden you know the freaking water fountains i don't have any idea if they had people doing irrigation work there but you know the fucking this water fountains are spitting out fucking shit feces filled water people were getting trench what? mouth Oh. Oh, that was so oh, gross, man. Oh, that was 
Hall of Fame gross. It really yeah, bummed me just out. Yeah, slip and slide in the fecal water. I did love seeing those fucking morons, though, covered in shit, like going like, yeah! yeah. That was, yeah, that was sure. actually... Well, um, I don't... What did what'd I, you do? Hypnotize say I don't voodoo love, here? I'd say I don't love schadenfreude, but that would be absolutely uh, inaccurate with what schadenfreude is. Uh, I got plenty of it out of watching that documentary. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that this is the exact kind of festival you wouldn't go to. And I hate festivals as well. I've never been to any festival. But Woodstock 99 actually would have been a festival that I probably would have gone to. Like, Fuck yourself. I mean, you had... Like, I was probably in a bush or some bullshit at that point. <laughs> wow. Ever, I was probably there? in the Everclear. I was probably into the Foo Fighters. I was uh, probably in the corn live. Fucking. I would have liked to see Metallica. Look at this. I mean, Rage Against the Machine would have been the draw for me. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. Like, all these bands, you're like, they were there? Like, look at this poster of this lineup. And you're like. Yeah. 80% of these artists aren't even mentioned, especially in this last one. Well, you got a Flea bunch of young people there. Flea should have, How am I not myself? Yeah, Flea should have put like a like a live wire attached to his nutsack. That would have been real ballsy. That would have been, cool. been like the shit. That's what you do. You know, when you this don't just happens. tell out like that and dance around naked with a guitar and act no? like that's somehow like that's somehow like fucking uh, you're being transgressive. You're just a fucking psycho funky that's naked. Butt loving. Did he say funky butt loving? Oh. I gotta tell you, this happened when we lived in Ann Arbor. I was still 18. I would be 19 in August. But I don't remember any talk about like, yeah, let's go to this thing at all because I was just no. into a. We're just into so much more like underground. I guess is the best word I could think of. You know, yeah. indie punk and. Just like I love Rage Against the Machine, that was always the exception. But all the other bands, like I listened to new metal. New metal was not around. I I like with you. New metal was around. Oh, no, but oh yeah, just uh, never once. There was never someone putting on a biscuit CD. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was that whole CD player in our living room. We lived in a house in '99 in the summer that we rented. It was a subletted house at University of Michigan's campus in Ann Arbor. <laughs> it was called the Rot House, and it was seven 18-slash-19-year-olds living there. Seven dudes. So it was just, imagine the debauchery and the chaos all the time. One night, one of our friends, Keith, like, shook up with that magic eight ball, and all the dye went all over the carpet like it broke. And that dye was there forever. That was never forever. coming off. And, the die inside that magic eight ball, that shit's fucked. It will fuck your stuff up. Un <laughs> not removable. You cannot remove that shit from anything. But yeah, we were wood listening to stuff like get uh, rid of them. Walls, take no. them out. Yeah, carpet was a huge mistake. But we were listening to Sublime, <laughs> you know, 40 fault. ounces to freedom. 40 ounces of freedom was in regular rotation. Uh, you know, a lot of punk stuff, new skate punk, you know, strung out and lag wagon. No effects, bad religion, of course, Luke, and uh things like that. And I guess, and there was some other stuff like hot water water was starting to come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was sneaking in. So all that that was on the constant rotation. Sunny day real estate, which oh my god, we're only a couple weeks away. Oh my god, we're less than a month away from Sunny day real estate, which is very exciting. But yeah, that was the in Boy Sets Fire. They were a big deal. I don't know, just Mm -hmm. like shit like that. This is all we. So I guess like they're just I don't recall. And then again, I was a huge loser and I couldn't hold down a job and I was uh, depressed and. 
It so sucks to be depressed when you're 18. You got so much going for you. You should be a lot happier. If anybody out there is depressed and you're 18 years old, try to fix that as soon as possible and enjoy your life because, boy, it could really, really limit you and prevent you from having some great times. But we still had a lot of fun, but nobody wanted to go to Woodside 99. It's like it came and went. It was like these historic moments came and went outside of our world. We were in such a bubble in that place. That when JFK Jr.'s plane crashed, I just glanced at a TV one day. Oh, he's dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and then like another news event would just kind of scroll by a screen for a moment. And he'd be, oh, that happened. Okay. But it just was a blur. It was a total blur. And if we had gone to that event, I don't know what the fuck would happen. We probably, the people we were hanging out with and the chaos that was ensuing at that house, we threw a toilet off the goddamn roof for the final party. So if we went to Woodstock 99, I imagine that something really, really stupid like trench mouth would have happened to someone for sure. For sure. Yeah, there would have been trench mouth, and then um, there would have been somebody definitely standing on a pyre, just a flaming wood. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But um, I, I, you know, yeah. as far as the documentary, though, it was, I thought in, I enjoyed it. It was, like, quick to the point. It was pretty good. Uh, it was pretty good. It just it had, like, a different impact, given that we had already seen the HBO Max one, which was sniveling, whiny people, like, talking about racism and shit. Like and in the ended, worst, in the worst, most bad faith, in the most bad faith possible way ever. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just no. But they said, that remember how it ended? Out. You remember how it ended? No, everybody. No, it was all these people saying they had fun at the end of the documentary. It's like, oh, it's time of my life. Oh, I well, like, I'm sure the a, I'm sure the filmmaker thought that was like such a hard note to end on. Like, look at all this mayhem, and then everyone's saying, I had fun, and like that's where we're at, guys. 2016. Think about it. 2016. Yeah, because the whole thing was an indictment. The whole thing was an indictment of Trumpism. Are you talking about the other documentary? Yes, HBO Max. Oh, I'm talking about the one we're talking about, the Netflix one. Oh, sorry. Then, uh, well, I just imagined that one for HBO Max. They should have ended it that way, and it would have been a better <laughs> indictment of Trumpism. Though so they fucking they lost it. All I'm saying is this Netflix one ended with people saying they had the time of their life, even though they showed all the chaos and brutality on Sunday night with the fires and the ATMs being busted open. All that merch, too, that, that was, was shown amazing. a lot more. Yeah, that was shown a lot more specifically than the HBO documentary where mm-hmm. these merch people were told to stay put there. And then all these people came after them and tens of thousands yeah. of dollars of shit just taken. This this one was more about the the business failings, and I thought that was a much i think that just it, that's in so much better good faith and that's God, definitely more realistic and that's what leads to all the other fucking problems definitely. you can't you can't just use that as a you know as a uh like a parallax you know parallax view to kind of just like ingest your fucking like political point of view i'm not arguing uh, that with you the business failures led to all that shit yeah yeah the, way, the HBO uh, one was more the the more the anarchy and the this one was more the infrastructural failure of what what dude, the goal was i didn't dude, know the Woodstock dude died segment. too so he's dead now oh he d- good um he died right after that the, documentary was oh, wrapped, i guess lang was yeah yeah michael, michael lang. lang yeah okay. yeah not yeah, shank what's his name shank fucking the asshole, the real scumbag business. I mean, maybe the worst. Per- Who's the worst of the two uh, guys? The two. Oh, the scumbag. Yeah, Cher, Peter Cher. Cher. Well, no, Cher, yeah. But is Lang? But no, worse? he's a he's a he's a 
he's definitely like just of the cloth that he's been in his whole life. He's a businessman. That's what he's going to do. Michael Lang is the guy that is the, he's yeah, the cult leader. This is what I was thinking. He's, yeah. He's like, he's Nexium. He could have easily done that if anyone would fuck him. Like, yeah, he's like, he's the guy who's trying, it looks, or it seems kind of Teflon-esque where he's all about this stuff that really matters that people would be drawn into, like peace and love and all the original shit that comes from Woodstock. But at the same time, did you see the house he was set in? Did you see his outfit? I mean, I'm making yeah. a couple of assumptions off what he was wearing in this documentary and the house that was in. I assume that was his house. Seems like he's got a lot of money and he's one of your that classic, looks like his fucking classic bar. boomers. He's a classic yeah. boomer to the T where, oh, what, me? Come on, I'm about helping people and having a good time. You know, I, I believe in free love, and I also believe in people doing as they please. You know, we're not here to stop people. That's Dude, why we none have of a these peace people, patrol. None of these people had uh, real dedicated commitments to any movement whatsoever. They they were interested. <laughs> they all sold out the fucking movement, and that is no why responsibility. boomers. When you talk about boomers, it's not the people, like, seriously, if there was a socialist boomer, find me one. Find me one. I mean, there's, I'm sure, a handful, right? But where are they? They're all fucking neoliberals. They got into, they they fucking sold out the entire fucking movement, all of them, en masse. Yep. So I just thought it was interesting. So to see comparison. that guy was not a surprise to me. I know some people are surprised to see that guy like, oh, he, oh, he, was, uh, he was into the summer of love. Like, no, he fucking what wasn't. What you just said. None of those people were one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What they wanted I, was, was to point. experience a moment where they weren't being drafted into the military because none of them had the balls to do it. And I wouldn't either. So I'm not like blaming them for that. Uh, there was, there was an inkling, there was an inkling and in, in some rolling sense that, you know, the, the government was definitely out to get you and that there was no uh, sense of stability in, in real life. Uh, without, you know, I guess buying in, but then they all fucking did it. So everybody bought in and they fucking completely doomed the next two generations of people through yep. the goddamn <laughs> through the goddamn policies we're dealing with right now. Now Joe Biden comes out 40 years later and is like, oh, you guys get 10 grand off the, the loans that we made you get. <laughs> you 10 grand so off your I interest. Yeah, uh, we charge you three hundred thousand, but you got, you, you got it down to two ninety. So it went from three hundred to two ninety. Uh, it went from one hundred to ninety. It went from two hundred to one ninety. Good fucking job! Like, yes, these are the fucking people. This like that guy. You could just put Joe Biden in that fucking cowboy hat and that fucking house, and it would be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> same fucking person. Wow. Hey, well, look. I yeah, so the, I wanted to also think about how. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you said it, Ralph. You said it, Luke. That's good. I'll leave it at that. That's well said. Because we do have a couple emails I want to get to as well. So uh, okay. if you didn't check it out, hopefully you did see Trainwreck on Netflix about Woodstock '99. Looks like Trainwreck is also a series they do, also similar to their Untold, which has got a bunch of stuff. One of them Ooh, being they, the Malice the of the Palace one that. Uh, Oh, yeah, Aaron Aaron the palace was great. That's, yeah, that was yeah, that's, really good. John brought that one up a while back, and I actually finally watched that one, John. I hadn't seen it. I finally watched it last week. It was great. It was so good. Uh, definitely, if you're from the era of Detroit, Michigan, and anything that evolved with the Pistons-Pacers rivalry from the it's 2000s. It's also wild, though. Like, all the depths that, like of that event, I had no idea that it was that complicated. It's so crazy. Wow, dude. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. 
It's it's a great watch. But the big one that's getting all the pub right now is the Manti Teo one they just released. Yeah. When yes. we got catfished. I, I really want to talk about that. Oh, you do? Okay, we can talk about yeah. it. Sure. I, watch I, it. Watched it. I haven't seen it. I watch it this week. Oh, okay. Let, John's going to watch it. Then we'll talk about it. Because I watched it the other day. And, uh, John, I think you'll find it quite useful because it happened 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like a blur to me because I remember when it happened. My t- At the time, I was a teacher. Maybe it was my own life. In that weird busy. middle area of when uh, the, ma- the worst, most hated man on the Internet existed. Yes. Like that it's that strange, same time frame. Yes. Late aughts, you know, turn of the tens. Uh, <laughs> which makes which makes more sense that we would talk Turn about to those tens. two together. That would be a perfect. Yeah, we we'll, we can talk about those next week because yeah, you put those two guys together, Hell most yeah, hated man on go. the internet Bam. and Manti Teo. Dude, it's the perfect example of predator and prey. It is. Okay, that was the audio version of that. So we'll talk more about that next week. So watch both if you haven't watched them. We'll get to it. Uh, let's get to Danny's email. This is from Danny Bennett. Good old Danny. How you Danny. doing, Danny? Welcome back into the fold. Danny! 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 I watched Last Action Hero recently. Danny! Danny! There's a lot of that, Danny. In fact, I should get drops from that movie for Danny on the show. Gents! Oh, that's right. Danny's the boy, isn't he? Yes. Danny! Gents! What is your favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman role? I feel like we've talked about this before. Um, no, not on this one. You've talked about it on your own. Oh, we podcast. have. I've heard no. you guys talk about it a billion Bullshit. times. Bullshit. I guarantee you guys I can pull up audio from Philip this show. It's all PSH, PSH, PSH this, PSH that. Uh, maybe that's true, but on this show, we've definitely talked about this. But go ahead, John Scott. Give it to us one more time. <laughs> We probably oh, entire role, dude. It's almost an impossible. Qu- the the best three minutes of Philip Seymour Hoffman is in Heart Eight, so that's that's my favorite three minutes of almost like in cinematic history. I I've seen that scene and have rewatched that scene three hundred and forty times. It <laughs> never gets old. The best three minutes of Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that. But other than that, shit, gun the head. I mean, I don't know. Like the master, the master is just a beast to me. Yeah. Uh, even though I enjoy uh, Joaquin's role a little bit more because I think he goes a little harder. Probably that one. It, it, it's kind of like. So he's wild, right? We were talking. When didn't he come up as like, is he a character actor? Is he a, what? What is he? What does he do? Because he's in movies from anywhere between one scene to like Love Liza, like Love Liza. That movie is a That's fucking a tough one. monster. That's a tough one too. That's a beast of a movie. His performance in that is uh, downright. Barreling. Hard eight. Forty-four. Okay, I'm gonna light a cigarette now, old timer. See, the thing is, I like you, and I'm gonna light a cigarette. And I'm gonna let you have this time to place your bet before I finish lighting this cigarette. And then when I finish lighting, I'm just gonna roll. And fuck you. <laughs> You're laughing at that? I just said fuck you to the man. Jesus Christ. The way you look, I think you know what I'm saying, old timer. God, you gotta see it though. It's all in his face. Have some fun. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shaka laka do. Shaka laka do be do. Shaka laka do. You got a little bit more there. 
coming in there, yeah, baby. Yeah, so Shaka for one scene, do, this is it. I'm almost lighting it, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna light the cigarette, old timer. What are you gonna do? $2,000 heartache. Oh, there he is. That, you know, by the way, Philip B- Baker Hall just sitting there stone faced forever. Yeah, That's really well done. Baker Hall just sitting there getting rolled over. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great uh, scene. No doubt but about is it. it. Yeah, as far as I don't know, I, I guess it would be. That's a good answer. It'd be the mat. It'd be like the that's master. Great answer. Yeah, that's the master or like. You can't pick so a the, bunch. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> yeah, and the master here. And the Uh-oh. master is a main character in Boogie Nights. And he's gonna amazing in adding, Boogie Nights. He's just going to keep naming movies. He's, he's great amazing in, in Boogie Nights. He's amazing in Talented Mr. Ripley. He's amazing God in all damn of it, these stop. movies. Like, okay. I guess I'd What's say the master. Uh, what is your ma- favorite? Oh, fuck. The master. He's amazing in all of them. He's a true he's uh, fucking idiot. I mean, that's one right there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think this is... Pretty well-worn territory in the show, I'm, but I'll, I'll answer again. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, it's not love Danny's Liza. fault for not having remembered this. Well, Maybe Danny doesn't remember. has to take responsibility for his own questions. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Danny also says, I rewatched This, this question Ripley. never gets old, though, by the way. No, it doesn't so what, get old. Hold on, what are your guys' answer to that question? After I well, pontificated I'd... for seven Oh, years. I'll take, uh, I think I know what Mike's going to say, so I'm going to just take... Uh, I'm going to take the underrated role. I'm going to say along came Polly because it's fucking hilarious to me <laughs> that he pulls that shit off. And yeah, I can't stop laughing whenever he's on camera. And whenever, when he does that moment where he's like, the best man is in the house and he fucking slips on the floor and comes fucking falling down on the ground, like all 240 pounds of them in one fell swoop <laughs> is amazing. Yep. It's so fucking funny. It makes me laugh every single time, and I can't stop. Wait a minute. That's funny because, you know, when I think about that movie, he kind of wanted to, like, prove, hey, you know, I can do anything. I'll do a rom-com, too, just for the hell of it. Exactly. Like, yeah. He's like, check this shit out. So I did a lot of thinking last night, and there's something I'm pretty excited about. What's up? Nice. Let it rain. Let it rain. Well, I feel like I might be ready to move on. You know, get my life back on track. So, I'm going to ask Polly Prince on a date. Oh, that's a mistake. She's not right for you, dude. <laughs> Rain dance! <laughs> hey, you guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. You so. douchebags bring your A game? <laughs> what was that? I'm just messing with you, Sasquatch. Let's get it on. <laughs> you douchebags bring your A game. Yep. He's what so loud, he's so terrible. White chocolate! Oh, that's a throwback. I'm playing two on two half court basketball. You don't even know this girl, Ruben. You haven't seen her since seventh grade. How different could she be? I mean, she was a senior delegate at the Model UN. She was in the chess. Okay, club. it's too much Ben Stein in there. Ben well, Stein. He's, got, whoops, he's Ben. Ben, uh, when, yeah, ben Stein. Like, ben Stiller. Uh, ben Stein. Like, oh. Ben Stiller. He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I pet, I pet her on the butt. Oh, what'd she do? Well, she ran out and freaked out. He goes, yeah, some women find that offensive. <laughs> after, he, after he told them to do it. Um. Also, the rest of the email from 
our good friend Danny. I rewatched yeah. Ripley a few weeks ago, and he's in like yeah. four scenes, but dominates every second on screen. I've scoffed at the notion that he's one of the best we've ever had, but maybe it's not crazy. The master is probably the one for me. Oh, look at that. Oh, John Scott. I didn't even read that shit. I, I know you didn't. I, didn't even, I know you didn't. That's good. Later, yeah. squids. Later, squids. Uh, Thanks, when two Danny. people agree on something, it becomes very cultish. I don't like that. I know yeah, I know it ruined it for you. Because wow. you know what's even worse about it is you didn't know. So now you feel like, oh man, am I just that unoriginal now? I guess, you're not, I guess you're I not guess I just here, are you? I feel that much closer to Danny, I suppose. We'll look at it that way. Oh, see, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. I love that. All right, we got one more email from Mr. Pink. Uh have a good show is the title. That's an interesting title. Actually, Thank Mike, I thought you were gonna nice. say mattress man. Matt, Mike. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mattress Man and Punch Drunk Love. That's why I didn't say Mattress Man. I love Mattress Man. Sorry. That's great stuff. Then, I mean, with... yeah, I had to throw that out there because that was fucking unbelievable. We got a whole bunch from that one. I, you know, I, know, all, I know, I know. It all started with, for me, it all started with uh, Boogie Nights. So it'll always be Boogie Nights. But yep. yeah, there's a great exchange with those two in that movie. You're dead. It's just oh like, oh my God. It. <laughs> It, what he does, Punch Rock Love, I don't know if I, this will be controversial, possibly. It, I don't know if I love that movie. I find it to be uncomfortable to watch in terms of rewatchability, I guess. It's a really well done movie. It's a fantastic film. So let me be clear about that up front. But for rewatchability, eh, I, I find myself not enjoying a lot of the film there's like a lot of parts where i'm just like god this is just so uncomfortable this is so well done that it's making me feel shitty and awkward and anxious and i don't like that at all so there might be something interesting to to that uh i was recently talking to a friend about uh bergman pictures and it's like there's something about a filmmaker like bergman where like you you do get more as you rewatch and get deeper into like what you might have been missing or you know shut maybe, up, even like Lars, shut up. maybe like a Lars von Trier film or something where you're like oh shit I completely missed like a totally different angle here Paul Thomas Anderson with his you know with his uh his the cast he uses and the type of film work he does it doesn't beg you to continuously rewatch i think magnolia is kind of like that but it's mostly Whoever for a young man I want him on the phone. magnolia is something you watch when you're like 20 22 or whatever you rewatch it a lot because it's yeah it's befuddling in a way but i like rewatching magnolia for some reason just i feel like the flow the pacing of the movie it allows it to be it's like each section you can like there's a lot of, going on too yeah you still have Frank T.J. Mackey, which is, you know, still the best Tom Cruise uh, performance ever. But yeah, <laughs> no, that wasn't a Tom Cruise performance. That was just Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> it just let out. Just let, he let him out. He, he let the veil down. He, he revealed himself fully and said, oh, Tom, uh, for this role, we're going to need you to be yourself. <laughs> fuck! Did you just say go fuck myself? Tom Cruise. So We're not talking about Tom Cruise, Mickey Rourke. Let's leave all these people on the oh, bench, yes. please. <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's get to Mr. Pink's email. Uh, I will. <laughs> I can't believe, though. I just realized that, Luke. I don't believe. I don't have any Tom Cruise from Magnolia drops. Those are those are gold. Are you 
I know. That's a surprise. I'm going to add that to the list for sure. What I, I can't drop believe. From that and Tropic Thunder. I can't believe that neither of you guys actually know who Mr. Pink is. Are you like, is this a bit? We I literally don't know. Do you know? No, it's not a bit. No, no, no. I, no, I. Okay, no, I believe I you guys. You knew who I just, I didn't know. We know it's one of our like, friends. There are too many I references. I things. Out. No, you're not missing out. There are too many this references. You guys are always kicking, you know, you're always kicking, you know, kicking it around like who it is. And you've come up with 12 possible suitors for this alias. And I, and I, I don't have any. I, I do. I, this doesn't strike me as anyone from my world that's like trolling me or something. Yeah, sorry. In, in a way, uh, making it a guessing game leaves you out. But it, we, we literally don't know. So. Okay. A lot of male testosterone in this. Wow, what a long... I forgot how long of an opening this story says anything. <laughs> He's just standing there on the stage while these men... Good God, that's like a whole minute. Yeah, yeah that's 55 seconds. Say something. You picked the wrong clip. Respect the cock. Whoa. And tame the cunt. You can end it. Tame it. Take it on head first with the skills that I will teach you at work. Take and it on say, head no. first. You will not control me. No. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tom. By the way, I wonder how that came about. This is the same year he he did Eyes Wide Shut with Kubrick, which is hell on earth, and then he does this movie with Paul Thomas Anderson, who are, you know, they're like both respected auteurs in a way, I guess, and it seems like he tried to go really hard to try to win an Academy Award or some shit. I don't know, and he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go back to action movies and do whatever I want. So, he was All right, Mr. Fink says... He wanted to be challenged on stuff. I did read uh, a handful of interviews with him after our chat about him That's a nice. few weeks ago. Yeah. Wow, he was really trying dude. to pull himself, right. and I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Great show. Great show last week. I always love the topics you cover and directions the show takes. I can never anticipate what you're going to bring up and dig into. Oh, well, nobody thanks. can. I take a lot of pride in that. I take a lot of pride in that, <laughs> Mr. Banks. So thank you. you. Three men in their 40s with ADD talking. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're new to that club, so you're uh, lowest on the uh, seniority Welcome. level. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. Welcome to the 40s, John. Uh, I'm just finishing up the last show, and the topic of student loans has come up. Oh, God. I should have read this earlier. We're, no, no, we, get, we have to. From, yeah, we, we're going to have to, like, table the rest of the student loan conversation for next time, but keep going. I don't want to. But, like, but yeah. actually, I just read this. I cheated. I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but I, I cheated on this, and we get some we get some Mr. Pink background story here, so let's lay it out Ooh. for us. Ooh. Ooh, all right. Oh, all right. I have some student loans from trucking school back in Whoa, the day. Whoa, okay. School. Let me hold on. Let me start the bullet points here. <laughs> I never... What? Yeah. Wow, dude. I never was okay. a trucker as my penchant for whiskey and oh. popping piss tests made me unemployable in that field. All right. Let me. Which is that. ironic. Yeah, that's wild. Which is ironic because all over the road truckers are coked out or methed out. Whatever. 
That's not what I want to talk about. Hmm. Okay. Damn it. Well, Some we good want stuff. you to good talk nuggets. way more about this. <laughs> yeah. The Mumbler in Chief announced <laughs> the Mumbler in Chief announced today that Uncle Sam is going to forgive up to 20k in student loans. I don't remember what the income limits are because I haven't filed income taxes in about 13 years. Whoa. Oh, bullet wow, point. Oh, let me set that up to the side. Well, I think That's this big like, one. this basically I think this actually makes all of our guesses wrong. <laughs> I think it does. It does. Uh, yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm I don't know any now, of our I'm so much more lost. I don't even I don't even know if we know this person now seriously. I okay. realize that nowhere in the constitution does it say that I have somebody that we didn't know. Went to trucking school? Yeah. I realize that nowhere in the Constitution does it say that I have to pay taxes, so I stopped long ago. And you know what? I never have to be worried about being audited, and nothing bad has ever happened to me. I have a lot to say about that, but I'd like to... Yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Our friend is a libertarian, or what are we getting driving at? (laughs) (laughs) Just... uh, just wondered what you guys think of the loan forgiveness. I know rich people are pissed that us poor people are getting a break, but they get away with murder and shit all the time thanks to their expensive yeah. lawyers and seersucker dick-sucking country club memberships. Wow. Have a good one, it. gents. Pink, Mr. I mean, Pink. Mr. Yeah, Pink, Pink rolling in the stink. <laughs> that's how it was well how it was anyways so, hey listen man you look at it like uh you know hey if you're if you're dirty it means you work for a living uh this mm-hmm. yeah clearly it's it's not well we're gonna right. talk about student loans small, next week we'll talk yeah, about we'll Biden talk about it we'll talk about week. it next week but let me just say this uh as a cap on really all, talk my, about all my feelings not forgiveness it's cancellation you don't there's nothing that's to forgive that's right I also have a lot to say about the IRS and what he talked about not paying taxes in 13 years. Part of the new bill that infrastructure, what was it, the Inflation Reduction Act? The IRA, yeah. That just passed recently. $80 billion goes to the IRS to update a shitload of stuff to reinforce the IRS to get back on its feet after it's been gutted by the Trump administration, which I'm all for. That's fucking great, personally. I. I'm glad that happened. He It wasn't just him, though. He was the final death knell to really minimize the IRS. And I'm telling you right now, and I want to talk about this more next week, and I will. This last thing I'll say, there is a huge, huge gaping hole of taxes, not for the corporations that we all hear about, but just Americans across the country are like, fuck it, man. These people are lost. They don't have the technology. They don't know what the hell's going on anymore. And there's just people who have not paid taxes all over this country and if you want to jail everybody you're talking about literally tens of millions of people you would have to put in prison and they're not going to do mm. that so which is yeah, why i don't pay my student jubilee. loans yep it's oh uh, yeah that's exactly why for, i never paid my student time loans. for debt jubilee they actually would do this in other in other cultures when the uh culture was on the brink of fucking failure when it was about <laughs> to collapse you would have to have yeah. a debt jubilee because debt is the reason that it's happening so fucking end it Drop the fucking debt. Hey, I thought, you, I thought Texas it. is the reason. Ooh. Oh, we could end that. Could end with, actually, um, I would love to. Luke's wearing a Texas is the reason jacket, but I actually have a song ready to go okay. while I was Perfect. moving out. Moving out this, well, not moving out. I was putting some stuff in storage earlier this week, and a song came on, and I'm like, oh, this is great, because, you know, we do try to have some of our songs have, sometimes we just play random songs. John's in the mood, Luke's in the mood, whatever. We also play a lot of songs that we feel have to do with uh, our 
our situations, our plight as people in this country, in this world. And uh, this is just a perfect one that we've never played. And I'm happy to say it's by Boy Sets Fire. So we're going to play some Boy Sets Fire to close it out. And it's just oh, a, yeah. if you've never heard the song or you don't know Boy Sets Fire, they're, what, what would you guys, post-hardcore, John? I don't know. What yeah. yeah. I don't even label know. here. I, I don't know anything about. They're genre. not screamo. You might mislabel them as screamo. They're not screamo. They're just. It's another band, band though. That it's band. it's a band that fits that like uh, that Venn diagram for me. It shreds like crazy. It's amazing, and their lyrics are fantastic. Oh, it's definitely the bad religion cloth. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, they talk it, it, this song specifically. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, this song specifically is about. It's called Win rhetoric dies so uh, listen to the lyrics to this one if you never heard it before check it out this whole album by the way is called after the eulogy it came out in 2000 one of the best albums of 2000 seriously this whole album just it kicks off with a fucking back-to-back bangers of gotta listen to rookie and then prior under the glass it's just so intense all right so here's when the rhetoric dies Yeah, well, listen to the whole album. It's called After the Eulogy by Boy Sets Fire. This song's called When Rhetoric Dies. It's a safe pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We love doing the show. We love getting the feedback from everybody. Danny, Mr. Pink, those we haven't heard from, thank you very much. Love you all. Thank you. We-